G'day community and welcome to another Tradio. My name is Damo and joining me are the two men that held down the fort earlier in the week. We'll go to Patch. I haven't seen you in a while, Patch. How, how are you? G'day Damo. I'm well. How are you? I'm not too bad. And Lekdog, how are you? I'm okay, Damo. I've kept my cool for the most part during this trade period. I've only gone on seven or eight rants, which has been good. We won't go through the full sponsor read, but you can still use code JOCK at checkout for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. You heard the spiel earlier in the week. If you need to go back and listen to it again, that's at manscaped.com. We'll start with the Zane Cordy deal. That was the first deal that happened after we, after you guys rather, recorded the last Tradio. So he becomes a unrestricted, he becomes a St. Kilda player as an unrestricted free agent. And the Bulldogs receive no compensation because they signed Liam Jones. Wowee, look at that free agency working as it's intended. No compensation. I can't believe they didn't trade him. What a joke. Patch, are you surprised that St. Kilda got involved at all? Who? Who? I don't know who I don't know who that club is. I like it's nice to see them doing something. I guess he'll be fine depth. Sure, everyone is happy. What's uh, I've got a good useless AFL stats posted this, which is um, humorous. So, because Zane Cordy is a premiership player, St Kilda have mm-hmm. now recruited in their history 48 premiership players from other clubs, which has taken them clearly to number one in history. They have absorbed uh, more premiership players for, and sadly, very little premiership success. So very, just a little interesting tidbit. Useless AFL stat. Shout out to you. I think there was also the stat that came out after Reece Stanley won the grand final that St Kilda have traded away more players who would become premiership players at other clubs than there are premiership <laughs> players yes. who played in a premiership for St Kilda, which thoughts and prayers to any St Kilda supporters <laughs> listening. We love you, but also... Oh, I don't know. At least sport. North and Essendon are taking the heat off St Kilda. You're welcome. Speaking of North, you guys touched on this deal last time. It wasn't official, but it is now official. Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker have both joined North Melbourne. So North Melbourne have received Griffin Logue, Darcy Tucker, along with a future third round selection. And Fremantle have have received a future second round selection, a future third round selection, which was part of the assistance package. And a future fourth round selection. Yay! Ding, 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 ding. This trade was always going to happen. It's, and it was always going to happen this sort of way. People are going to talk about Griffin Logue being a great, a great acquisition for North Melbourne. I think Darcy Tucker is going to be the better acquisition for North Melbourne. Ooh, that's a spicy hot take. I like it. Why do you think that, Damo? He had something on the outside and the inside, meaning that Hugh Greenwood could possibly spend a fair amount of time up forward. That wouldn't be the worst for Supercoach. So looking at Darcy Tucker, ended the year price at $223,000, only averaged 43 points for the year. Is he someone, Damo, that could be a cheap uh, option or is he going to be another burn man like we've seen so many in the past no i wouldn't pick up either of these guys to be honest i don't think darcy tucker or griffin Logue are going to be super coach relevant to begin with they haven't previously been but 
if they're cheap enough, they might be good stepping stones, but they're not going to be uh, Stephen Canelio or Will Brody types that we've had in the past. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't think either are super coach relevant. But, you know, people, as soon as they get traded, seem to be super coach relevant uh, throughout the whole preseason until we see them play and we go, oh, wait, that's right. That's right. Still shit. The next deal was a pick swap, so we don't need to spend too long on this, although the Giants have got a very good draft hand at the moment. So the Giants have received pick 15 from Brisbane, and Brisbane has received pick 21 and a future second round selection. The Giants now have picks 3, 12, 15, 18, and 19. Obviously received 18 in a deal that came out today, which we'll talk about later. Patch, it's quite an impressive draft hand. Yep, they have an impressive draft hand most years, and then most years they improve on it by trading out all of the players they drafted with their impressive draft hand two, three, or four years ago, and it'll happen again. Patch, if you're North Melbourne, would you accept all of those picks or a large selection of those picks for pick one? Uh, no. No, I, I think I'd entertain it because I think the idea of having you know, five t- picks in the top 20 gives you a better crack at it um, than just a, a, a single pick at number one who then asked to go home in a year or asked to be traded in a year. Um, but I don't know if it if those picks are enough, I'd, I'd want more in the top kind of 15 rather than you know, 17, 18, 19, which is just kind of, yeah, I, I don't know. I probably wouldn't, but it's something I'd entertain as opposed to most people who might reject it straight out of, straight off the bat. Lekdog, what about you? If you're North Melbourne, are you accepting any of those or those in, in its entirety for pick one? On paper, look, that's a lot of, what is it? Four quarters doesn't necessarily make a dollar is the saying that they use in the NBA. So one of them pick three is of value, but the rest are, you know, they're middling picks. Yeah, you could take a punt, but I don't actually think what North need is more first year players. I think North need North need North <laughs> North need more uh, sort of guys who have already been in the system. So they, look on paper, it's the values there, but. I wouldn't be making that call just yet. And I think these sorts of trades are also going to be on the table right up until the draft uh, begins and it gets to North at pick one when they inevitably don't bid on Ashcroft and I get really angry. No, don't even say it. Don't you manifest that. It's not on me, mate. They didn't do it last year. (laughs) The next three trades um, all involve the Suns. The first one... Uh, ben Long has joined Gold Coast. So Gold Coast has received Ben Long and a future fourth round selection. Ding, 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 ding. And St. Kilda has received a second round selection, currently number 32. Yeah, no super coach relevancy here for us. Career high average was 2020. Shortened season, we averaged 72. Next best was literally this year, we averaged 61. So I don't think Ben Long's super coach relevant. I don't necessarily hate the, the the pickup from them is he going to be better than a jack bows in that side though like i want i wonder where they play him because he he's played uh pressure forward he's played across half back he's played like as a smallish defender um you could probably run him along a, a wing as a defensive mid like it he's very versatile but i don't know what the suns would 
like where the Suns would be playing him that's better than what they've already got. There is an opening for him with Connor Butterick recovering from an ACL and also Will Powell with that nasty, nasty leg break ah, true. from last season. So there is that position open for him to play, which I think he will settle into and execute quite quite nicely for them. And I'll say this from St Kilda's point of view, turning a future fourth ring the bell into a current second round pick is a beautiful piece of work. People really underrate second rounders for some reason, particularly if they're future. But in this instance, getting pick 32 for a guy that wasn't going to be your club anyway is an absolute steal. So kudos to them. Good job, St Kilda. Well done. Yeah, I was going to say, um, yeah, second for Ben Long is something that, you know, most people would scoff at. Um, so they've made it work somehow and good on them. Now the Suns have also received Tom Berry, a third round pick from Brisbane, a future second round selection from Brisbane, but it was tied to the Giants. Um, and the Brisbane in has received two second round picks, number 25 and 36, and a third round pick, number 56. This one's quite complicated and it doesn't really tell you what they thought Tom Berry was worth because it feels like he's been thrown into a pick swap as a, as a steak knife. Uh, it makes no sense to me, this one. I'll be honest with you. It's, what is it? It's a, a second round pick and a third round pick in exchange for a third round pick and a second round pick. I... I uh, <laughs> And then, yeah, okay, so he's essentially, if you break it down like this, right, one of the seconds that Brisbane gets is crossed out by one of the seconds, that the future seconds that Gold Coast gets, and the third round pick that Brisbane gets is crossed out by the third round pick that comes back, meaning Tom Berry, for some reason, I guess, in a world where Ben Long is worth a second round pick, Tom Berry is also worth a second round pick, thus proving my point that people undervalue second round picks. I think a lot of it is also, you know, the Suns need a lot of points next year. The Lions need a lot of points this year. I think it's very much a, a, a trade of necessity where both sides are helping each other out and the Lions just need to clear space on the list so they can bring in what Dunkley, the two draftees, a third one that they legally have to take. And then, like, yeah, I think it's part of just kind of getting value for someone instead of delisting someone at the other end of the spectrum. So... I think that might be part of it as well in that it's, um, you know, Barry's value is kind of masked a little bit in the fact that the Lions need to get rid of someone and the Suns, I don't know what the Suns are doing. I don't know. I never the, know Suns the Suns don't value doing. their selections because they get given them every year. They get given extra ones. They, they don't value them and they have no need for them. So it actually skews the value of the whole market, which is a whole nother discussion. But yeah, I... I mean, good on the Suns. I guess they've got Tom Berry and Damo from a Supercoach perspective. Uh, he averaged 18 in his three games this year, 17 in his 11 games last year. Many were sub-affected and 44 in shortened season in 2020. So he'll be cheap. He may be a best 22 player, but he's certainly not going to be scoring points for us. If he's in their best 22, he might be worth selecting as a rookie-priced player, especially if he's only... Is your second player on your bench probably won't be on field at any point. Just there is a slow burn to generate cash throughout the year because a warm body is a warm body. And if you're playing, then that's half your value, really. Maybe kind of similar to a James Rowe selection from what was his first year? Was his first year last year or the year before? Doesn't matter. Yeah. But he sat on the bench yeah. and scored some points and 
in a, and in a, I'll go ahead. I don't know the rookies, guys. You guys are the rookies expert. I'm going to assume we're not going to have a lot of rookie price forwards next year. There will be well, some good rookie forwards. price forwards, um, not necessarily down the end of the 117, 123K, but there will be some cheap forwards that you could potentially start next year. But I think it will be a bit of mid-price madness down there to begin the season. I mean, Gilmore is likely going to be the most expensive forward we've got unless we get a Taranto or a Dunkley. So God help us all, really. <laughs> I've got fingers crossed that Tim Taranto spent enough time in the back half of the season for GWS up forward that he retains his dual position, but it doesn't sound positive when you talk to the people in the know. Uh, the third trade the Suns were involved with is uh, sending Josh Corbett to the Dockers for a future fourth round selection. Ding, 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 ding. Ring the bell. That was getting a workout today. Uh, this is your perfect trade, by the way, Patch. A. Oh, I'm... A 38th best player for a future fourth pick with no pick swaps. Oh, my God. It's just hanging in the Louvre, honestly. Like, it's just – I'd love that it's – for people that don't know why I love the future fourth, it is for trades like this where Corbett wants to move. He's got pretty much no value. Future fourth is the the industry standard of – we don't give a shit, like, whatever, like, sure. You should be a free agent, but Brown. you're not, so we have to trade you. Yeah, we legally have to trade you. This is the thing we can, like, legally put the the least value on without it looking suspicious. So future force are just never used. They're just bandied around. Like, most clubs don't use their fourth-round picks, especially not the later ones. If you've got, like, eight of them sitting there, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's all made up anyway. It's just, ah, oh, oh, I just love it. I just love how pointless it is. Yeah, Damo, we're putting it on the record that we are the official Josh Corbett podcast for 2023. We are 100% behind this young man. And he'll step into the role that Griffin Logue was playing late in the season, so he'll be that third tall marking target that they – just someone for them to kick to. I think Josh Corbett will be in that forward line for much of next year. And he seems like a nice young lad. He's just lovely. He did a bunch of interviews on his, on the day of his Bucks party. Like, just a just a strapping young lad, and we're just chuffed for him. Well done, everyone. And this morning, Tanner Bruin became a Geelong cat in exchange for pick number 18. So just strengthened the Giants draft hand even more, and the cats got their man. Mm, on the cheap, too. Do you think? Ah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 18's pretty good. I mean, I'm at... 18 is all right. What would he go I mean, you just, if it hit... You just dissed pick 18 when I was talking about what North would want from them. You just said, oh, it's a middling pick. It's, it's, a, it's not yeah, worth Yeah, not for pick one. <laughs> I, I, would, I, I value the teen selections if I got a few of them, but not for pick one. But, like, if he... He's played, what, two seasons now? What yeah. What's he done to to make you love him so much what do you see him becoming and in his if you took him in his draft year and put into this draft where do you think he goes um i mean it's hard to tell because the giants have too many cooks in the kitchen and too many midfielders and all of their midfielders play as small forwards which is what tanner burns had to do for a little bit i think he'd i think he'd be about 10 ish our friend craig reckons pick seven would have been on the money which i think is probably a bit much but i'd be looking to yeah maybe like a pick 12 ish 
around that mark, which is the the pick he went at. I think I don't think he's lost any value from his draft year. Uh, you know, he get to, gets two years of development under his belt. I I don't know. I just thought it would be a little bit more, but it's hard to offer that little bit more when all you've got is eighteen and seven, and it's, he's in the middle of those two. I don't know. It just I felt like they did. I, 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 you know, they got him a bit cheaper than they could have, and I'm just annoyed at Geelong for for other reasons um, because I don't want them to have nice things. They've had their nice things. The one thing about this year's draft class as well is because of the last two years being so COVID affected with fixtures not happening in their normal parts of the year and seasons being shortened or games not being as long as usual, clubs aren't clubs aren't all that confident about the players that could be available later in the draft just purely because they haven't had the body of work that other draftees had. So to be able to pick up Tanner Bruin, who you've seen in the AFL system, who's still only 20 years old, he's still going to have, he's still, if he works out, going to have an eight to 10 year, uh, eight to 10 season career. Pick 18 is probably about right for where Tanner Bruin would sit in this year's draft class, because outside of that top five or six that's going to be at the top end of the draft, it's all pretty even through to the second round. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm sure he's fine. I just don't know what he's done to to make me think that he's gained value since, since his draft. Question for you, Patch. Would you have traded Max Holmes for Tanner Bruin? No. There you go. Uh, I think Max Holmes was pick 19 or something in his draft, pick 20, something like that. Um, yeah, about that. So yeah, I think it's around. I think I think it's I think it's reasonable value. I, I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we'll pay that. I check it yeah. off. It, it passes the sniff test for me. Okay, yeah, I'm not. I'm not mad. No, at no. It. I'm just mad at them all. I'm just, just interested generally yeah. for existing because I and having my preference. I, you know me. I'm a known quantity guy. Um, I prefer a player to a pick, but I just uh, and maybe it's because I look at it with a fantasy lens. But I just yeah, he doesn't excite me at this stage and. If he gets an opportunity in the midfield, well, you know, he'll he'll prove me wrong yeah. and that's fine. After we finish recording this, I guarantee something else will happen because it always does when we record one of these. So Well, we have had a trade go through mid pod. Mm, very exciting. Officially, Damo. Go uh, on so then. He, uh, Geelong receive a second round pick, currently pick number twenty five. Brisbane receive a future second round, uh, receive a second round pick, 38, two third round picks, 48 and 55, and a future second round and a future fourth round. Bring the bell. So this is an insane trade. Uh, Again, the second round is just being thrown around. This is, hey, guess what? Geelong, who suddenly have all these like pick seven coming and all these young players who have recently been drafted. Guess what? They don't value their picks. So they've... They've swapped us for the for the opportunity to jump from thirty eight to twenty five. They've paid two third round selections and a, f- a future second round selection and a future fourth round selection. That is goddamn madness. Does pick twenty five yep. now go to Collingwood in exchange for Ollie Henry? Uh, that that's what they will be saying. Yes, I Collingwood will be saying get get stuffed, but that's what they'll be saying. Yes. Yeah, and Collingwood should say get stuffed. I, either that or Geelong has someone in the draft. They're like, no, we want we want this kid at this point, and they're they're targeting someone in that draft. They've realised won't slide to whatever their pick was before thirty eight. Um, I don't think they'd be trading that in with the serious intent of then moving it on to Collingwood because they know that Collingwood won't accept it, and Collingwood shouldn't. So I I think it's 
either another move or they've they've got some, their eye on someone at the draft. Now, Lackdog, question without notice. Currently, the rules they need to be rewritten because they're not all that clear. But <laughs> demo, they need to be written. <laughs> but at the moment, it is understood that if you trade your future first round pick, you can't trade any of the future seconds, thirds, or fourths unless you get another one in. Do you think you should be able to trade any future pick regardless of, of the round as long as you adhere to the AFL's rules by having at least one one pick every four year in a rolling period? Yeah, I think it's actually two two first round picks every four year rolling period. But absolutely, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want. And the the flip side of that is you shouldn't be rewarded when it doesn't work. If you trade out all your future picks, well done, bravo, very good. But don't come with your hands out in two years' time asking for compensation or assistance. Uh, but yeah, I think clubs should absolutely have the flexibility to do whatever they want uh, because they essentially do. <laughs> like the, the AFL is currently meeting with uh, Gold Coast and Geelong to work through the Bose trade because the the idea of a salary dump is okay, but also the AFL is like, but it's not okay, okay. Like we got to work through it. we got to work it out because – the rules of the contracts are meaningless. And then you get a deal like this where they're giving Array a future second, a future third, and two fourths for literally no reason. And the AFL's like, no, that's fine. So, oh, yeah, let everyone do whatever they want because they're essentially already doing it. Yeah, everything is okay in air quotes. These points, by the way, that Geelong have traded is the equivalent of like pick 18 or pick 19 uh, just to jump from 38 to 25. And that's just the picks in this draft, not including the future second and the future third and the future fourth. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't it? I hope. Oh my god! I hope it's not. But that would probably make sense. I, I well, they can't attach points to the the future one because if they finish last, then that's pick nineteen. Instead yeah, of pick I think I think the values later. worked out based on like um current positions and last year's positions. But I, either way, it's crazy that this has happened. Uh, it's essential because. We now get to play the waiting game. This is my favourite game, gentlemen. Won't, might not. Oh, it suck. I want to play hungry, hungry heroes, <laughs> like dogs. Well, it might not happen this year, but next year we get to see the deal between Brisbane and Geelong, where it doesn't make any sense. But and suddenly Geelong, uh, Brisbane are being very friendly with Geelong because it happens and it's going to happen, and we get to play the waiting game to find out what that's going to be. And if we could just trade more than one year in advance, we wouldn't need to play that game. Don't, it would just happen now. Do you think? Just happen now. Do you think that the AFL could could handle the idea of trading more than twelve months out? Gee, gee whiz, Patchy. Patch, you're talking Mid-dive about a league that can't even cheap. fixture more than six weeks in advance. Oh, don't talk about the fixture. Oh, I'd forgotten about the fixturing. Ugh. I mean, yeah, they would need another page on their spreadsheet, and that's just too many, too many Excel tabs, really. Um, how much can one person be expected to manage? It's Ned Guy. He, stro- he, he can't manage that. The guy that tried to bu- publicly bully Adam Trawler to leaving because he got a couple of numbers mixed up. <laughs> and, then, and they got upset when he left. Like, <laughs> oh, all right, let's move on because... Ooh, it sounds eek. like the Rankin deal is close. Sounds like the Jackson deal is close, but none have gone through yet. Mega Mega Trade is holding everything up. Apparently, the uh, the old uh, Jamara Horn Francis to to Port Adelaide um, is the thing that's is that the thing that's holding everything up. They they can't figure out if West Coast is getting involved or 
they're all just all leaving it I think, in a bucket. And just I think don't. once that goes through, everything else will happen pretty quickly behind it. But it also wouldn't surprise me if a lot of these trades have gone through and the AFL is saving it for the final 17 minutes of trade period for, for theatre. Surely they wouldn't yep. do that, Damo. Oh, no, of course not. Um, interesting discussion, by the way, gentlemen, which... I discussed on a, a different show that I was on throughout, throughout the week. Question without notice. If North bids on Ashcroft, North bids on Ashcroft, Brisbane match the bid, they essentially, all of the picks that equal equal that amount, like their next, their next picks in the draft, all just get cut out and removed from the draft, right? Would it make more sense... And I already know the answer to this, but would it make more sense if something went to North? Because like they want the best player in the draft, they bid on him. Shouldn't they? Should they get some sort of reward for for taking the pun on him? I think that'd be way too hard to. Uh, I think, I think we don't even know what compensation is decided on. <laughs> it's it's like it's like the color of their hair, whether whether they wear size eight shoes, whether they are sleeves or no sleeves, whether they have a hairy back. I don't know what goes into, into compensation picks. How are they going to work out compensation picks for failing on a bid? (laughs) I I think the the question was should, which implies that the AFL is not currently doing it and never will because like logically, well, would you then say like the points difference between pick one and pick two, which is say, I don't know, 800 points or whatever it is, they get a pick worth 800 points that slides in lower down the draft. Like, like poten- potentially something like that, or they get one of the picks that Brisbane uses to match or something like that, or they get the best pick that Brisbane uses to match or whatever. I don't hate the idea because then that encourages clubs to do it, but then also if you've then got, you know, like a North suddenly do what Carlton did a few years ago and bid like three players in a row at pick one where you've got like a Owen Davy Jr. has suddenly bid on, Jasper Fletcher has suddenly bid on, you know, and they've done like five bids to open the draft with and then they get started on who they want, if that's Wardlaw or whoever yeah. it is. And that's the argument. Uh, yeah, I, I like where you're coming from, but maybe if it's like a show bag, not like a draft pick. If, 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 if it was a the difference in points between pick one and pick two... North would be getting one of Brisbane's picks anyway because pick 34 is equal to the gap between pick one and two. I, I don't – I understand that the issue would be North just bids on every every father's. But at some point, a club's just going to go, you know what, Have you, we, not, we don't think he's worth that, and you get him. So that's the risk, right? I think it adds mm. – risk and incentive to clubs to bid on. Because as we've seen over the years, that clubs don't bid on players they're not going to get unless they can't. Because, you know, it's a bad relationship. But if there was some sort of incentive to do it, to make the clubs um, earn their right to that player or whatever, however you want to put it, I think there's I think there's something in it. You know? Yeah, I, I like where you're coming from. I don't know what it would like, you know, off the top of my head, I obviously don't have a solution straight off the bat, but I, I like that idea that there should be some some incentive to do it because, you know, the current argument of, oh, but they, they let their dad play 100 games, so that that's them putting in the work to deserve the, the son that's going to be the best player in the AFL for the next 10 years. And it, and like it, that. 
It also means the players who are worth... <laughs> you know, Last year they didn't bid on Dacos because they wanted their guy to be the number one pick, right? Even though we all knew, or at least in my opinion, Dacos was the clear number one selection. If they were, If they were also... If they bid on him and then also got like a pick in the 30s, whatever the first pick that Collingwood used to match the bid, it's incentive and it keeps Collingwood accountable. And in this instance, it would keep Ashcroft, Brisbane accountable. And it and it it enforces the rules that are there, you know, to make clubs earn their academy or their their father son players. Because currently, there's rules that are like, well, if someone bids and they have to match, but there's no incentive to actually bid because you're not going to get the player. Leck dog, there's no room for accountability in the AFL. You you know this. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, we've been rambling on about nothing for about 10 minutes, and I think now we can sign off and wait for the next lot of trades to go through. Patch, thanks for being here. Thank you for letting me get excited about future fourth-round selections. That bell got to work out today. And Leck dog, thank you for your discussion points. Go Blues. And we'll talk to you next time.